0: Uh, well, just want to start say thank you all very much for letting me come out here and, and uh, just open the word with you. Uh, I don't really know much of anything about you. I know you're brothers sister, and sisters in the Lord. Uh, uh, Pastor John down in Hillsboro asked me a few weeks back if I'd be willing to come up and fill in. He said that your pastor was sick and, uh, prayer said, yeah, I'd love the opportunity, you know, it's, uh, so, Please bear with me. It's been a little while since I got behind the pulpit, but uh it's always an honor to get to open the word of God and and uh just just go over some things with you I pray it'd be a blessing to you tonight. Uh, so if you would just open your bibles to um, James chapter 4 and verse 14. We'll go to two passages first here. Uh, I prayed for a while about this and I God just kept bringing me back to this one one passage and a couple others to go along with it. And uh I was saying to my wife as we we got up here this afternoon, I said, uh, "It's been a little while since I put together a sermon." And so I've got four pages of notes. So bear with me. I usually had about two. <laughs> 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 you all just say "amen" a bunch. We'll I'll go home quick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> isn't that how it goes? <laughs> the more you say "amen," go like, oh, all right, go get them, all right. <laughs> uh, We'll just open here, just read James chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. And if you would go back to Ecclesiastes and chapter 3, and I know it's a, it's a well-known passage. Most people, you know, they, they've, uh, they've heard it quite a bit. I think there was even a song years ago made about it. But anyway, it wasn't exactly a song that most of you probably listened to, but... Anyway, it's a, but there's a you know as we go through life here, uh there's one thing that's guaranteed. You know, they they used to have an old saying, they would say there's two things guaranteed in life, and that was death and taxes. And uh <laughs> I can tell you right now, they're not guaranteed. I mean if the Lord comes back, we're not gonna see death. And I don't know about you, but that's that's for me that's a that's a hope. That's something that I look forward to. Uh just even so, come, Lord Jesus. So the way the the world's going, the way things are happening today, I, I don't know about you, but I just want to get out of here. <laughs> you know, this this world's not my home. And uh, you know, you're going through it. You you do all you can uh, to honor God. And it just you, I, a, a friend of mine at work today, I was talking to him, just telling him a little bit about life, and he said, "Man, it's not, it's it's like you always have problems. It's just like you're always contrary to everything." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you got the world, the flesh, and the devil, and they're always against you." And I said, you know, and I said, you, you got the world that's going one direction and you're trying to swim against it. And I said, and then you got the devil who, sh- who pops up every now and then, but you know, whatever. He doesn't bother with us very, very much, but he's got bigger fish to fry, right? And then, but I said, and then you got the, the flesh. And I said, that's my biggest problem is myself, you know, and I'm dealing with that every day. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm contrary. I just am. It's just the way that I am because everything in this world is, is a more or less is against my Savior, it's against me, you know. He's in me, so therefore I'm against it, right? But anyway, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 here, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast... Well, I know, it's it's there in the Bible, okay? It's a time to dance. I know for us Baptists, you don't dance, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. So right there, uh, as, you know, brothers and sisters of Christ, brothers, it's okay to give a hug every now and then, you know, to brothers, you know, but kids keep it, you know... <laughs> Never mind, you know. As a brother, you can give a brother a hug and get and the Lord, you know, it says it's time to embrace, you know. Uh, but keep keep the embracing, you know, between the husbands and wives, right? Um anyway, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. There's times to keep silence. I know for some of us it's kind of hard to do, but uh God honestly dealt with me for a while and he kept me silent for a long time. Even during times when I want to say something, he kept me silent. And that's, that's hard when you feel like God wants you to say something and you, and you can't. I don't know if you've ever been in a position like that in your life, but, you know, Jeremiah talked about being dumb. Have you ever been in a position where you're like, I know I've got to say something and, and you just, your mouth is just, it's like your tongue swells up and you can't say anything. And he just, Jeremiah said his word was my, my, my bones, um, it was a fire shut up within my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. But there's a, it's a fire that gets inside and you just, you want to say something and you can't. And sometimes there's a time to be silent because God has to, has to deal with you. God has to work with you, you know? Uh, but then there's a time to speak. There is a time. You gotta, sometimes you gotta stand for what you believe and you gotta get up there and you gotta say, the, this is what God says. This is what the word of God says. This, this is, this is coming from God. This isn't, this isn't my words. This is what He says. And uh, whether they'll, whether they will whether they forbear, whether they'll listen or not, it, it, sometimes you got to speak up. Uh, I don't know about you personally, but it's always been more difficult to be quiet <laughs> than to say something. And but but God has a way of of really of, of bringing you around to understand that when He's got something for you to do, He's the one who'll do it. Uh, you, ju- you just keep yourself open to the Lord, and He'll take care of that. It says a time to love and a time to hate a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer for a minute here Ask his blessing on the evening. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for these people who've come out here tonight. God, they've, they've come here to hear from you. God, they've come expecting you to speak to their hearts. And God, I ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit in this place and that you would speak and meet the need of each and every person that's here. God, I can't do it. And Lord, I'm just asking you, please, if you would, Use your words, use these few minutes, just this little bit of time that we have to glorify yourself and, Father, to, to encourage and spur on your people uh, just to stay busy, God, to keep their eyes focused on you. Lord, I just ask now that you would bless this night. Lord, be with the, the, the pastor here of this church and bless him. God, be with his family. I ask, Father, that you would get discharged quickly, if that's your will, and you give him the strength that he needs. And, God, you know the hearts of these people, and I'm sure they miss him. Father, I just pray your Your hand would be on this place, and that you would uh, just, Father, I'm just asking for your blessing on, on, on this place and, and this time, uh, for we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, so, just kind of to get started, I don't know if you saw a theme there in regards to the verses we read but it's time, right? Uh, a little time. Uh, the thing is that uh, that saying, you know, there's death and taxes. Well, death's not a guarantee if the Lord comes back and people cheat taxes all the time, so that's not a guarantee. But what you are guaranteed, everybody here, whether you're young or whether you're old, you're guaranteed a little time. That's what you have. And, you know, it's been said before, time is free, but it's priceless. You, the, the time that you have... Uh, I, I really just want to try and get across to you that the time you have on this earth is so precious. It's something that once you spend it, you can never get it back, right? And so the, 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 I've, heard, I've read all kinds of quotes and I've heard all kinds of sayings. And One of I think is, is, a, is a good saying, a man said, it's not a matter of spending your time, it's a matter of investing your time. It's interesting because the Bible tells us to redeem the time. Uh, it says in, in Psalm chapter 90 verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, every one of us, as we go through life, we can start counting the days. Uh, my grandfather, he, he lived to be 86 years old. And, uh, I got to be in the room there and see him and I'm talking to him and my grandfather grew up old time Methodist, uh, Never really knew if he was a Christian or not. You know, it's uh, it's a hard thing. I, I got to sit there and I was talking to him about the Lord. I was like, Grandpa, you know, Jesus, he died for you. I mean, I had recently gotten saved and I'm trying to tell my grandpa, like, Grandpa, you know, God loved you so much. He gave his son. If you just put your faith in him, he'll save you. And my grandpa, like, oh, okay, I, I've, I've heard all of that. Just leave me alone. And I, I walked out of the room and a couple hours later went back in to see him again. And he looked at me and he said, you know, it just went by so quick. I think of that 86 years, it just went by so quick. I'm pushing 45 this year, and I go, what happened in the last 25 years? <laughs> like, wait a minute. I blinked. Like, I, I feel like, and there's so much time in my life. I look at it and I go, I wasted. This is not to make anybody feel like, oh, woe is me. That's not like, that, Or, oh, I should have done better. Nope. But please don't go there. Don't let yourself go there. God doesn't deal in all of that debt from the past, okay? Like, if, if anything, may it spur you to do something today, okay? Yeah. Don't, don't sit there and dwell in what might have been or could have been or should have been or any of that, because God wants to do something with you today, because that's what you've got to little time david said remember how short my time is uh the bible says in first peter 3 8 it says a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day and if we were to look at that from god's perspective if that's god's perspective on time a little time right if you had, if you had a hundred years it's about two and a half hours <laughs> it's not a lot of time it's a it's a little time and uh, this is just kind of an interesting, uh, I, I guess, uh, statistic. A friend of mine was telling me about the other day. It said that the average American will spend nine years of their life on their smartphone. Nine years. Let's just kind of break that down into perspective, right? Just kind of to, to think about Because I don't know if you're like me. My alarm goes off in the morning and it's connected to my phone. And I turn the alarm off my phone because I gotta get up at 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning and I turn the alarm off and then I, oh I better check did anybody call me? Do I have a message to start my day? <laughs> I become stuck into this system of things that just, it just pro- propels us down this road of life, right? And before you even get your feet on the ground, you're already caught up in what, oh I gotta do this today, no oh, I gotta do that, no, this, before you even have the moment to stop and, Lord, <laughs> Help me get started for the day. Just, Lord, give me, give me, give me a few moments, give me a little time just to spend with you and then start the day. But, uh, it's, you break that down and that works out to be a, a 78,000, about 78,000 hours that a person spends on the phone. Seventy-eight thousand hours. Now, I don't think I'm talking to the average American here, but you know, but if but if you take that into perspective, and you talk to people out there in the world, you talk to people about the Lord. I, I'm kind of taking it for granted on a Sunday night, six p.m. most of the year. You're saved. You know the Lord, and I'm sure there's there's probably a pretty good percentage here. You still get caught up in that because we're part of this world, right? But the thing is that you take that into perspective, and you talk to people, and they're just blank. It's like trying. You, hey, wake up. Wake up! What's wrong? Why can't you see? And they just kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you watch this video? <laughs> That's right. You know. Oh, hey, check this out. And and there's there's actually there's there's uh, there's videos now, but it's things where they show kids in their sleep, little kids, and they're twitching to the phones, you know, because they're so addicted to these things. Seventy-eight thousand hours is what the average American will spend with their phone. That's uh. The, the average person will spend 32,000 hours eating over their lifetime. You'll spend almost triple that on your phone. That's eating and drinking. You'll spend about 32,000 hours. The amount of time you'll, you'll spend working, if you work from 20 to 65, say you work for those 45 years, that's 90,000 hours that you'll work and you'll spend 78,000 on a phone. That's, that's hard for me to believe I grew up before we had all the cell phones and stuff and now my kids you know dad can I use the phone dad can I watch it? can I watch YouTube dad can I use the phone wow I'm like no I grew up like outside I grew up I grew up outside doing things like we didn't watch things I've uh, I've said to my oldest son I've said to him you know the thing is that uh he's actually not here tonight he's a little older than this fellow but <laughs> my oldest son he's he's 15 and um, I've said to him, you know, the the thing is, I said, uh, when, when you're playing games or you're watching TVs, you know, like, these video games, what are you doing? Like, what what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm playing a game. Okay, you're playing, but what are you doing? You're you're not doing anything. Oh, takes a minute. You got to think about it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, because you, you're not really doing anything. It's just your thumbs are moving and some character on a on a, on a flat screen is doing something, but you're not doing anything. Uh, you know, you, you look at you look at time and everyone's guaranteed a little time. That's what that's what God says and it's a short time. Uh, everybody regardless of your status in life, the rich and the poor you're all going to stand before that master time. The, the the Bible says, well, not the Bible, excuse me, I'm sorry, there's a quote. No, I don't want to get it mixed up, right? But there's a quote that says that time is the fire in which all men burn. You know, you're like a candle and you're lit, and that time just burns you down. And, uh, you know, I notice, <laughs> I, I joke about it, but, I mean, I, I don't consider myself an old man. I, I consider myself, a, you know, a, a middle-aged man, right? But I jump out of the tail the tailgate of my truck and my knees go, oh, <laughs> I remember doing that before and didn't seem to hurt like that. <laughs> and every year it just seems to get a little bit more. I'm sitting on the floor and I go to get up and I go, why Why do I have to grab the wall to get up? <laughs> What's going on? This, I don't, you know, this doesn't seem right. My mind says I should be able to do this, but time tells me a different story. You know, time reminds me that, that it's appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. You know, you have a man—that man, Steve Jobs—who he was a—he was a rich man. He had all the money in the world. Really, he could—he could have had anything he wanted, but he couldn't buy one moment more of time. When when God says it's appointed on the man once to die, but after this, the judgment—that's it. That time, your time is up. Uh, Job says uh, there is an appointed time upon man. Uh, 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 there's appointed. Job chapter seven and verse one says. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days like the days of an hireling? Uh, everybody here, you have an appointed time. And your 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 time here on earth is like the, the time of a, of a hireling. And the in the Bible, that's, that's somebody who's working for wages. And what the world doesn't understand is the wages that they're earning is death. We know that. We have the answer. We know. Jesus Christ is the answer. He can He can take those wages they're earning and turn them around and redeem them and do something with them. But the world is going along and they're they're earning wages. They're, 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 they're working for wages that are gonna bring them to death. So, with all that being said, uh if you would go back to Job chapter 14 and verse 14. I thought it was interesting. I started going through this and looking at a few verses and, uh, it's James 4 verse 14 and Job 14 verse 14. And if you look back at, I believe it's Esther chapter 9 and verse 14, all of them have a little something to do with time. We won't go into Esther tonight, but you know, there there are, there are times when, uh, you're brought into a place for such a time as this, you know. And, uh, here in, in Job chapter 14 and, uh verse fourteen, it says, If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Uh I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for that change. You know, I'm, I'm looking while I'm here, I'm it says, occupy it till I come, but I'm waiting for that change. Uh it's it's interesting to me that it was just kind of a coincidence, I'm sure, right? But I, I say often to my wife, I'm sure this is just a coincidence, but uh, you know, your Bible leaves here tonight, you the number five often, you know, it's the number of death, you know. And here's what, what is God talking about? He's talking about time. Why? Because time is what's taking your life. If you look at it from the perspective of what is it that's actively, it's, it's, it's here, but it's going. It, you're spending it every day. And every day, once, once it's gone, you can't get it back. Uh, so with that being said, I want to ask you what, what are you? What are you? What are you doing with your time? What are you working for? What's the, with the time that you have? What the little time that God's given you? What are you? What are you doing with it? You know the Bible says, "So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God." And what? What? What are you doing with the time God's given you? Uh, in Genesis chapter four, uh, verses three and four, you don't have to turn there, but it's the story of Cain and Abel, and it says, "And in the process of time, it came to pass." And, uh, growing up, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but for whatever reason, my dad would always make the comment, well, it came to pass. Everything in life comes to pass. Nothing comes to stay. And if we can understand that, well, you know, we can, we can, we can be open to what God has for us. We can be willing to move with where God wants us to go and do what God wants us to, to do when he asks us to do it. But it says there, and in the process of time, it came to pass. And so when you look at that in process of time, that implies there's motion. I work in a factory five days out of the week, and they're always talking about processes, right? you got to have process improvement. you got to do these things. And so the process of time can either improve your life or it can destroy your life. That, but the process of time is going to continue on. So I would say, figure out this process, Right? That David said there. He said, uh, uh, so, "So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom." There's a process to this time. Cain looked at this, and in the process of time, it came to pass. He saw Abel. Well, it says that Cain made an offering. Right? Cain came to God and said, "Here, God, I've got an offering, but it wasn't what God it wasn't what God required." Cain said, "Look at my works, God." Look what I can do with the work of my hands. And that's what so many people do to God. They come to God. And they say, God, look what I did. Look what I can do. And God's standing back saying, all your righteousness is filthy rags. There's, there's nothing good there. I don't, I mean, if you think of God in the, in the, in the perspective, God is light. In him is no darkness. I mean, you all know, I mean, God is far bigger. He's outside of time. He's not constricted. He's not part of the things we understand. We can't we can't comprehend God. But if you did the best you could possibly do for 70 years, two and a half hours, blip. what have you done for God? That's like, I, I love my little guy there, but it's like him coming out in the yard and he's a good hard worker. He'll come out and he'll dig dirt and he'll do everything he can. In about two and a half hours, he could probably do what my wife and I are probably doing about 10, 15 minutes. You know, and that's that's. I mean, that's a very, very small illustration, right? That's not that. It's not a big deal, but I mean, comparison. If I worked two and a half, you know, hours and worked my whole life, did everything I possibly could, did the best I could to try and impress God, it still wouldn't be anything even as good as what He can do for me. It's what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. The best you can do is still, it's it's, it's nothing. And so everything that you have is a gift from God. And so this little time that God gives us is a gift. So you have Cain who comes and he offers this, this gift, this offering to God. And God says, no, nope, I'm not going to accept that. But then Abel comes and Abel, he offers a lamb, right? He offers what God required he understood that there had to be blood. And I don't understand all of that because I wasn't there and there's things in the past. I, I don't understand all that. I don't know if Adam told uh, Abel and Cain the story and said, hey, you know, when God clothes us, he clothes us with lambs. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the whole story. But Abel understood there had to be blood and that he couldn't get it himself and he had to go outside of himself. And so Abel offered that lamb and God had respect to Abel. And what happened to Cain? Came, the Bible says he got he, he became wroth, he became angry, he became furious, and he killed his brother. And that's the world. That's that's the that's the religious world of today. And can I tell you, you and I, we are, it may appear like the world is not religious, but the entire world is in a it's in a it's in a form of religion. Yeah. It's self worship. Yeah. They worship themselves, and they believe I can make it to God. Yeah. Let me show God how good I can be. And God says, "You stink." God looked down at me and I, I, you know, it's been 20 some years now since I've been saved. And I remember it just like yesterday. And the thing is, it was like God came to me and said, you stink, you stink. But you know what? I, I've, I've got what you need. I can, I can clean you up. I can make you right. And I just called out and God changed my life. And, and it's never been the same since. And now he calls me his son. He doesn't come up to me and be like, you stink, even though sometimes I still do. But he doesn't tell me that. He says, you're my son. Let me clean you up again and let's go. You know, because there's a process here. The time is not going to stop for you. Time's not going to wait for you. There's a process here. So um, when you you look at the world, the world gets caught up in in religion and doing certain things. And in Revelation 20, it says that the dead were judged according to their works. Right? I don't know about you. I don't want to be judged according to my works. Now, doesn't doesn't mean that I'm not going to try and do something for Jesus Christ now that I'm saved, but I understand that, like I said, it's a gift, right? Even the little bit of time that I have to be able to do something for him, that's a gift. And so there's religion and there's relationship. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, I know thy works, I know that work of love, thy labor of, of, of faith, that work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope. And uh, the thing is, you you can go through this life and you can do all the works and you can say you have faith to move mountains, you can do all these things, but if if you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, all that stuff doesn't matter because he's he's the author, he's the finisher, he's the originator, he's the one that you you have to have for all that. Paul, he said that I may know him. You know, if you're in a relationship, it takes time to get to know someone. You know, if you're going to be in a relationship, religion, you can build that up real quick. Somebody can look real religious real quick. You can meet a religious person. Oh, I got everything just right. Look at me. <laughs> yep. I, oh, yeah, Mr. Whatever. And I've got it all together. Uh, I'll tell you something. None of us got it all together <laughs> except the Lord. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, we have to play games and pretend we can just say, you know what? Uh I have I've got a relationship with the creator of the universe. I don't understand it because he's way bigger and far greater than I could comprehend, but he came down into time to meet me. So what are you building? You know, what are you doing with the time you have? What are you building with the time you have? Are you building a religion so that people can, can look at you and be like, what a great person that was? Or are you building a relationship so they can say, wow, that's a great God. That's a, wow, you got a, you got a good savior. And they can look at your life and go, you may not have it all together, but man, he still puts up with you. <laughs> he still loves you. He still, he still brings you in. He still cares about you. Yeah, he's a good father. Uh, we, we just, this isn't an average thing. We were listening this morning to, uh, Brother Ron, uh, Pastor Robinson's dad, uh, down in Hillsborough and he was talking about the day that we're in, you know, the time that we're in. It's the time of the gleaning. You know, we're kind of gleaning. He was saying, you know, how the big machines have gone and they've, They've harvested the fields and now we're kind of in these gleaning, this gleaning time where you're going around and sometimes you kind of get discouraged because you go and you pass out tracks or you try to talk to people and people just, it's like I said, they just, it's like a blank stare or they, they just, they don't, there's no, it doesn't seem like they have much reaction. Well, we were up here at the Moe's Pizza and we got to, uh, just got some pizza before we came here for dinner and, uh, a girl there, I gave her a little track, and it, it looks like um get out of get out of jail free card. You know, I always say to people, I pull it out. It's these little guys, and I say, "Hey, you ever play Monopoly as a kid? You know, it's like here you go. It's like a get out of jail free card, but this is a get out of hell free card. You know, I say there's a Bible verse on the front here, but on the back it tells you what God re- requires of you to get out of hell. And this girl, she she almost started crying. She said, oh, "I needed this today," and I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like, uh, oh. Yeah, that's, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of one of those situations where it's, that's not the average response. And then my wife, you know, she chimes in very, very, very well timed. What's your name? I, I, I'd like to pray for you. And I was, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of blown away, like standing there like, oh. and, and then she actually came around to the table and the little guy, he says, Lord, help her to have a good day. You know, he's praying and anyway, it was just, she just said, you you made my day. You just, this is what I needed. And she told us a little bit about how she grew up in a Lutheran church and just a little bit of a story of what was going on in her life. And she said, I've strayed away. And I said, you know, God's a good father and he wants you to come back. You know, and I said, come to this church. I said, we're just visiting. But I said, there's a church just down the hill. I said, I'm sure they'd love to have you. <laughs> so her name's June. I don't know if she'll show up. I don't know what God will do. But if you would pray for her, you know, so there, there's people out there. You know, we are in a time when it's just, it's like gleaning, you know. you it, I think he just nailed it on the head when he said it this morning. Because there's times you go through, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it gets discouraging. You know, you witness to somebody for year after year after year, and you're like, why don't you just get saved? It's not hard. You just got to ask him. That's it. It's that simple. But what are you building with what God's giving you? Because you're building something. Now, are you building a relationship or are you building some kind of a religion? Do you want people to see you for how good you are or do you want them to see how good your Savior is? Yeah. Now, The thing is, uh, you know, some, some men, they go through their lives and they say, I've made a mess. I can, I can attest to it. I've made a mess. Whenever I've tried to run my life, I've made a mess. That's what I've done. But a, but, but a wise man will look at his life and he'll say, but God makes a masterpiece. Because God takes that, that marred piece of clay and He makes something beautiful out of it because, not because it's a beautiful thing, but because it's made by the Master. It's because the Master's hand is able to take it and fix it and make it right. God has the ability, He takes tragedy and He turns it into triumph. God's dealt with me and He's shown me He can take the worst of situations, and he can make him a good thing. And it's times we go through life and we go, God, I don't know how you're going to redeem this. I don't know how you're going to make it right. But here you go, God, it's yours. And you turn your time over to him. It's not yours anyway. It's just a little time. You know, They say it's borrowed time, right? (laughs) We're all living on borrowed time. It's God's time, but he gives it to you. And he says, here you go, build something with it. Make something with it. So I say to you tonight, what are you, what are you building with your time? Are you building a relationship? Are you building religion? Is your relationship better today than it was yesterday? Is, it, is your relationship with the Lord better today than it was yesterday? Are you closer to the Lord? Do you know him a little more? Hey, you know, the thing is that it takes time and it takes effort. You know, you don't wake up and all of a sudden, Wow, I'm just so close to the Lord. Him and I, we're, we're best friends. No, because so many times God's in process of time, God's moving along and God's just, He's, He's doing what God does. And we're going, Oh, look at that shiny thing. Oh, look at that neat thing. Oh, look at that thing. Oh, wow, look at this thing. And, and then we turn around and God's a hundred yards away and we're going, Oh, wait, Lord, hold on. Let me catch up to you. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, right? <laughs> maybe I'm the only one that it ever happens to. But I, I'm um, my uh, my manager at work. I'm a lead over the production floor for a, a manufacturing company. Anyway, and anyway, you know, I, I I run the the production floor assembly. And uh, my boss has affectionately called me a chicken-headed squirrel. So <laughs> I'm, you know, that's that's my character. I can just I can be distracted by everything that comes my way. I just and and God knows me, and I just. And, you know, I have to Lord, here's my time. God, I'm going to give it to you because I'm so easily distracted by everything around me. You know, my wife and I uh, we 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 try to take walks occasionally, but it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because life is busy and finding the time to just go for a walk. We we got to yesterday and it was so nice and she goes, "This is nice." But it takes time and it takes effort. You know, I don't know, uh, I'd like to say I was one of those guys who just, you know, I get, jump out of, you know, jump out of bed and, you know, work out and do all these things and I'm, you know, that's just not me. I jump out of bed and go, I gotta get some coffee because I gotta go to work, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'll get up and I, alright, I just got a few minutes and try and, try and get myself attuned and ready for the day and, uh, try to take about 15 minutes. Uh, some of you probably spend more time with the Lord in the morning than that, but I find I get about 15 minutes in the morning and, and I just say, Lord, here this is this is the time I've got. Sorry, it's not more, but it's a little time. Could you take and do this God use me in some way today? And you know, it's funny, there's there's always seems to be at least some point in my day where I get to say something at my work about the Lord. And then I always walk away going, that nah, wasn't enough. I wish I would have said something else. I wish I would have I wish I would have said it this way. I wish you know and but then that's living in that idea that I, God doesn't have a plan. But I, I gave it to Him. I asked Him, God, Lord, use it. And if I believe He's going to use it, and I believe that it's His time that He's given me to build something with, He's the one. He wants a relationship with them more than more than I do. He cares more about them than than I ever will. And I, you know, and there's friends out there that I care about, but God cares about them more. And so, with that being said, you know, I just say, how's your walk? are you making any are you making any strides in your walk with the lord you know that takes that time and effort are you are you walking with the lord um, it says in amos how can two walk together except they be agreed you know the god's the, the, the lord has a has a he's he has a trajectory right <laughs> he's got a, he's got an end goal he's got he's he's looking in a direction he's going he's going somewhere he's got a plan and God says, well, if you want to get in on my plan, I'm, I'm not, I haven't stopped, I haven't slowed down, I haven't changed course. I, it's still the same. So Paul says, run the race, right? So we're to run our own race. Like, run the race, and what does it say in, in Hebrews twelve one? It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that is set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. I think he he ran his race. He said he did the work God called him to do. So what are you building? A monument? Are you building a monument? Are you building a relationship? Uh, years ago, uh, I heard Dr. Ruckman say that, uh, there's, there's basically, there's, there's, there's a five, five, um, five, five is the number of death. And so kind of you can look at many things in life and that it goes by fives. And so things start with the man and it becomes a movement becomes a machine, it becomes a monument, and then becomes materialism. And I've seen that over and over. I've seen it in different things in life and I'm like, wow, that is that's amazing. It it always seems to start with a man, you know? And then that man gets a bunch of people behind him and it becomes a movement and it gets it gets momentum and then it becomes a machine and the wheels just start turning and it keeps going. You know? And then it becomes a monument. Because the man's not there and they're, oh, what a great man. Wow, that was amazing. That man did so much. Okay, now let's make some money. You know, I've seen it over and over. And I'm not saying like, it's, I'm not saying that, you know, it's everything across the board, but I've seen it many times in many areas. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And so I want to say, what are, are, are you personal? are you building a monument so that when, when, you know, if the, if the Lord tarries and we all go, go to the grave, that people will look and be like, wow, that was an amazing person. Look at the amazing things they did. Or are you building a relationship so that people will say they'll remember? Man, he had a great God. You know, like, I I don't know. I, I I want to be remembered that his God was great. What was his name again? But he had a great God. Like his his my my Savior was great. We talk of spending time and wasting time, or killing it, or wait, you know, or wasting it. But instead of Spending much more time on that, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not, I'm, I'm over halfway done, alright? So, we're getting there. <laughs> but instead of spending a bunch of time talking about spending it, or wasting it, or killing it, you know, there, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a crazy saying if you think of it. Some people say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just killing time. Well, the, love is thou life. Do not waste or kill time, for that's what your life is made of. You know, if you're going through life and you're just, oh, I'm just waiting to get this thing done. So I'll just, I just need to just need to waste some time to get this done. Well, you're just, you're wasting your life. Now, obviously there's times you can't, you can't always be busy. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, it's called recreation, right? And this, this is just free. This wasn't in here. I just want to throw it out there because I don't want people to be like, well, you have to always be going and doing and never stop. That's not God. God, there's, there's, there's times when you need to come apart and get some recreation. Recreate. Uh, I was talking to Brother Tom there just, just a minute ago. I wanted to take the kids and go so they could see the Ridgefield. Your guys a sanctuary here, you know? And he was saying, oh, it's not, um you guys are around here all the time. It's not that big of a deal anymore. But I said, oh, I thought, you know, I, I you know, I was going to try, uh, I, thought, I wanted to go to the drive-through area, but we ended up going to the walk, walk, the walking trail section. So we didn't get to go. But, uh, you know, it's like, one of those things just something simple just the ability to kind of come away and enjoy what God's done like there's nothing wrong with enjoying your life you know sometimes you need to get away and have the ability to to recreate that that either that relationship with the Lord or maybe a relationship with a friend or a family member you need that you need to do those things yeah. on the practical side He's given you a little time, but what does that mean and and you have relationships that your relationship with the Lord is the most important, but how are your relationships with others? You know, when when you take time and you, you know, some, the Lord lays somebody on your heart and you begin to pray, and God, help that person. Lord, be with that person. And then you go about your day, and you never let the person know. You know, I think we do our friends a disservice when we don't tell them. Maybe I'm wrong, but I try to say, Hey, Devin, buddy, I'm praying for you, man. I'm praying God will help you with this situation. Tim, I'm praying for you here, or whatever, what, just whatever it is. And I don't know what that's going to do to their heart. But if nothing else, it's going to remind them that, hey, there's a God out there or there's a guy at least who says there's a God out there. And I'm praying for you, you know, or or to your friends who they're struggling, who knows what you're going through. And a brother comes and says, hey, I'm praying for you. And they don't know what's going on. But you just say, God, I lay your heart and I'm praying for you. It, it encourage, I, I don't know about you. It encourages my heart. When someone says, "Hey, I'm praying for you," just just that little, just knowing that somebody's praying for you, you know, it just takes a little time and a little effort. It says, uh, "But speaking of redeeming the time," uh, it's in Colossians chapter one. If you would, uh, or, sorry, Colossians chapter four. If you would go there real quick, Colossians chapter four. There's a couple of verses in the New Testament talk about redeeming the time. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, redeeming the time for the days because the days are evil. But here in Colossians, he says something else about redeeming the time. Time is precious. It's priceless. And it's it's passing quickly. Time is the most valuable thing that you can spend. The key is not spending time, but investing it. And God stepped into time to redeem you. God who created time in the beginning, He stepped into this time to redeem us. So this whole idea of redeem, redemption and redeeming is, is pretty important. It says here in Colossians chapter four and verse five, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. So in Matthew chapter six and uh verse 19 to 21 it says but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break, th- break through to steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also so in in uh probably you're probably all very familiar with first corinthians chapter 3 It talks about the building blocks right it says for you know Every man builds on the foundation, which is Christ, you know, wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones. And in my mind, I think, well, that's building material, right? So what are you building? So are you building a monument or a mansion? I mean, are you building a relationship or are you, bu- are you building a monument? Are you building something so people will remember you or are you building something so people will remember the Lord? Are you building, and that's something you're going to leave behind, but what about what you're going to leave, what you're going on to? to? I'm, I, want a, I want a mansion. I'm not building the mansion. I'm, that's not The Lord said he was going to go and prepare a mansion for me. But there's something here that has to do with our works. And the thing is that, you know, I don't know, maybe God might take some of the things that I've laid up in store for heaven and he might be using that to build the mansion. I don't know. That's all. I, I have no idea. I'm just saying, hey, maybe that's part of it. Maybe the Lord said, hey, you're laying up in heaven. You're laying up the treasures there that I'm going to make your mansion out of. And uh you know, I I don't know, it's just wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. Um uh, there's a, a guy at work I've talked to many times, and he's he's asked me, Well, what what do you get out of me getting saved? What do you get out of me becoming a Christian? And I've said to him, Well, you? Like, that's what I get. Like, I get someone I get to share eternity with. Because when I think of a mansion, I think of guests. I think I my wife can tell I am a I'm probably one of the most introverted people you'll ever meet. Doing this is, if God doesn't do something in your heart, I'm sorry that you, I waste your time. But anyway, the thing is that I, I would rather just be in the corner of my house with our little chickens and our dog and um, just splitting my wood and sharpening my knives. <laughs> just doing my own thing, you know. Just, but, I, but for whatever reason, God, god I believe God called me to preach. And so to, to honor that, I say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so, you know, the, the thing is that, uh, when I think of heaven, there's a mansion and I'm not going to have all my awkwardness and there'll be guests that come into the mansion and we'll get to share, share stories and glory about all the great things that God has done. Amen. We'll get to talk about how great the Lord is and how good he is. And, and, uh, you know, I think we're all going to have a view of the Lord on his throne and I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I mean, just let's go sit on the balcony for a little while and just, just look at him, you know, <laughs> just spend a little time just, Man. <laughs> yep, he sure is good. You remember that time? No. <laughs> um, now, now I'm just, now I'm just making stuff up. No, no. <laughs> Because in heaven, we don't have to remember all the bad. Well, I think we'll remember a lot of the good, right? I think God will give us good memories. And, and... But, you know, are you, are you building a, a mansion or a monument? Are you, are you building a monument or are you building a memory? Are you building something where people are going to look and go, wow, look at that great thing that he built. Or are they going to look back and go, remember the time? Remember that time we had with them? Remember that time we did this? Remember that time they did that? And, and it'll bring it bring a smile to you, and it'll, it'll excite you, and you remember the time, and you think about the good the things that are left behind as you're building toward something in the future. You'll take something with you, and you'll leave something behind. Uh, almost on here. <laughs> it says, so, so, uh, so what are you building with your time? You know, the, the, in process of time, it's, it's going by. You're either building something, uh, that's gonna last forever, or you're just kinda compiling wood, hay, and stubble. <laughs> uh, Pastor Ron this morning was saying, he, he made mention, he said, in heaven there's no storage units, right? For whatever reason here on earth like we got to get storage units to store all of our junk because we don't have a place to keep our stuff over here it's it's I, i've i've been guilty of it you know it's one of those things like well i gotta i've got this and i well i gotta keep it dry i gotta keep it safe i gotta like well, that's ridiculous <laughs> Anyway, you know, it's well. There's no storage units in heaven, and we, we don't we don't need all the stuff that oftentimes we have. Uh, if we if we know the Lord, and if we're looking toward that mansion, laying up our laying up treasures in heaven, not on earth. You know, if we're looking toward uh, for, where you, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. David said, "Remember how short my time is." Uh, God has the ability to multiply your time. God has the ability to take the little time you have and he says, you know, thirty some thirty, some sixty, and some hundred. I mean he took that little the little loaf the 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 little that the boy had, right? The two loaves and and the the the, the seven loaves the seven fish and the, the two loaves and he multiplied it and it fed five thousand, right? I mean you have this God is God is able to take the little that you have and do a lot with it, if you'll just give it to him. Like the old song, a uh, little, little is much when God is in it, right? Um, labor not for wealth or fame. A little is much when God is in it. The subject here tonight, I hope you've seen, I think I've just kind of beaten it like a dead horse, but it's time. <laughs> you know, it's time. The subject is the fact there's time. You have time. If you're here tonight and you're still breathing air, you have time. You have today. And the object is that what, I, what I'm hoping that you'll Take out of this is redeem that time because it's moving. Do something with what you've been given. Don't let it slip away. Don't forget about it. Pray for others and tell them you do. Witness to others. You know, take time to be holy. Just take a little time. Just spend a little time with the Lord. He he wants that time with you. Jesus Christ said, uh, um, in in John chapter 9 and verse 4, he said, "I've, I've come to do the work my father sent me to do for the night comes when no man can work. And uh, I'm almost there. I just want to close out with a couple of verses. Uh, if you would go to Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11, Jesus was saying that the night was coming when no man would work. And uh, can I say to you? We're, we're, we're here, you know. We're, we're here at that time where, I mean, the Lord's coming back very soon, but we're in that place in that time. I'm not saying not, that we're not, not to work. That's not what I mean, but we're, we're in that time where, where we'll just look at the passage, right? Romans chapter, uh, 13 and verse 11, it says, and that knowing the time that it, that now it, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. He says the night is far spent, Spent the days at hand. Uh, Folks, we're coming to the end of that last watch. And the Bible talks about the four watches in the night. We're coming to the end of that watch and the day is at hand. The day is the, the the day star is about to spring forth, right? The Lord Jesus Christ is about to show up on the scene of human history. I don't know about you, but I look at that and I go, "Oh man!" I it gets me excited. I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to like contain it here, like I'm not 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 all not running around and look like a madman, but I'm telling you, I, he's ju- it's it's just around the corner. There are so many things set up around this world that just it's just he's coming. It's like if you just look and see, he's coming. It's right there. It's, it, everything's pointing toward it. And in Ezekiel chapter 30 and verse 3, it says, for the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, a cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen. And I just, just read this. I've read it many times, I'm sure before, but it was the first time I kind of like, you know how, you know how you read and it just, oh Lord, just bless, bless my heart. My oldest son the other day said he was reading the Bible and he said he, he said, Dad, I was reading through and he said, you know, you say to pray about the Bible. I said, yeah, cause God's the author and he can explain it. And he goes, yeah, I said, I was reading through this verse and I couldn't understand it and I prayed and asked God to help me understand it. And he said, I understood it. I said, well, "Go figure, son. That's that's awesome. That that's a." He I was, I was over the phone, but anyway, I, was, I was so excited for him that he said, I, it, "It was like God opened." it. But you know how God does; it? He just kind of takes a verse and you go, "Oh, wow!" But He says here, "He says, for the day is near, even the day of the Lord." And we, I'm sure most of you know here that 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 reference to the day of the Lord is the. Reference to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that it's near. We know there's still a lot of things that are going to happen before He comes back to set up His throne. But it's near, right? It's nearer than when we believed. It's coming. And it says here though that it says, it shall be the time, it's a, it's a cloudy day, right? I mean, it's a, it's something that, I mean, it's, it's cloudy. It's kind of hard to see, right? But it says it shall be the time of the heathen. And I thought, oh, what is, Heathen. I mean, I've heard that word so many times, and the, you know, what does what, what does that word mean? And it's interesting. And in Webster's eighteen twenty eight. He he breaks it down by this. He says it's rude, illiterate, and barbarous. Just kind of. Hmm. That's that's, a, that's an interesting. It's an interesting way of explaining the heathen. He says they're rude. I don't know about you, but man, people seem to just get ruder and ruder all the time. I mean, every every place you go, everybody just—it's like they just have to be rude. They just go out of their way to be rude, uh illiterate. You know, going back to the thing with the phones, people—I don't have to read a book. I can look it up on my phone. I don't need to read. I can just see it. I can just—I just watch it. Uh, I, I see that all the time. And then he says barbarous, like violent. People are just given over to those barbaric tendencies. The first thing to do when you get angry about them, get into a fight over it, you know. Get, it's 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 wild it's like this book is so far ahead of the i I say the newspapers but i'm so outdated they don't even use newspapers anymore but the headlines on uh uh msn (laughs) or whatever you know like it's the bible's way ahead of that he says it'll be the time of the heathen it'll be the time when people are running around they're they're rude they're illiterate and they're just they're violent and you know that's that's the day I think that's where we're at, you know. There's a lot of other verses. I mean, we all, I'm sure we, we can go to tons of other verses and talk about the time of the end and where we're at. I just thought, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. That's, that's explaining right where we're at, you know. Uh, the last, the last verse I'm going to take you to here, if you would, go to Revelation chapter 10 and verses 5 and 6. And some people might say, okay, well, what's the big deal? I mean, you know, we all, we all know, yeah, we're, yep. We're, uh, our time on earth is determined; it's appointed unto men once to die, and we know that our time here is limited, and uh, that, uh, that our time is going to run out eventually, right? So, what's what's the big deal? What are, what? Like, what's the hurry, right? <laughs> but uh, it says here in, in Revelation chapter ten, if you look at verse number five and verse six, it says, "And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven." And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. I don't know if you, I don't know if you all see that there, but I, that, when I read that years ago and I thought, man, no time. That's weird. It's just, I can't, no time. I don't. I don't understand that. What do you mean? There's no. There'll be time no longer. What does that. What does that mean? I mean, there, I, I get it. You know. Yeah, we're going to go out to eternity. But what, what do you mean? There's no time. There's no time. Well, let me tell you right now. Once you get to heaven, there'll be no time to witness your your lost loved ones. There'll be no time to tell the Lord how much you love Him while you're here and now. There'll be no time to tell the people that you're with right now that you love and you care about them. There'll be no time because there'll be no. There'll be time no longer. There'll be no time to spend alone with the Lord by faith because you'll see Him. There'll be no time to prove that you, ki- that you love the Lord because you're going to be in His presence and you would just love Him. You'll just know Him. You'll be right there with Him. So just want to end it by saying, uh, uh a very good friend of mine, an older gentleman told me this uh, years ago. He said, yesterday is a spent check. Can't do anything with it. Tomorrow is an IOU. It's not a guarantee. Today is cash on hand. Spend it wisely. You got you, you know, soon this life will be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Just if I can encourage you, just take time to get with the Lord, take time to be holy. Take the little bit of time you have and give it give it over to God and see what He can do with it. Go ahead and just close with a word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father. I just thank you so much for this opportunity and these people coming out here tonight, Lord. And, Father, I just ask that uh, you would speak to the hearts of the people here, Lord, that you would use this message to encourage them, that, Father, they might see this little time that you've given them as, as not a constraint, but, God, as a, as a gift. Uh, it, it, it's, it's something that you've given us here and now to use for your glory and for your honor. I pray that you'd use each one of these here tonight. I pray you'd be with them and bless them. I do pray that, Father, you just watch over these people and just thank you again for this opportunity this night. In Jesus' name, amen.